All right. Five, four, three, two, one. Clap, clap, clap. Okay. So that's something. That's something to work with, at least. <laughs> going on uh you know rain mostly yeah mostly rain yeah it's been it's been a little rain um, here actually you know what we can talk about we can talk about the weather uh that was discussed in the recent hello internet yes okay or not not i feel not the recent one because now that's confusing so the most new hello internet <laughs> of course not the recent one yeah although more this one. latest episode was pretty recent it was it was uh, let's introduce ourselves real quick, and then we can talk about that a little bit. So you go ahead first this time. I'm Scott Hero. Some people might know me from the subreddit. Otherwise, I don't know. I'm just a Tim. All right. Do you want to say where you're at physically? Or Oh, right. I'm in North Carolina, which I feel especially able to relate to what Gray was talking about in this most recent episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's where he's from, too, so... I mean, well, it's where his parents live. Or yeah, okay. I always get confused. Like, what he was? He was in New York some, or I'm very confused about. Like, where yeah, I think he grew up in New York and then moved to the UK, and his parents moved to North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's rather complicated. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, I'm Paul, and I have done. So I did two Tim's talking before, and it was episode four of the first uh, run of it which was the, it's called the net neutrality of Elon Musk. And we talked largely about Elon Musk. And then kind of interestingly in that, I I was paired with Gil, who is the co-host now with me on a podcast that I currently produce with him called Thinkularity. And it, it spawned out of the, like having met from two Tim's talking. So it was pretty cool that that worked out. We actually ended up like I was moving to the city that he lived in at the time. So we've like physically ended up close together uh, just by pure coincidence mm. afterwards. And uh, so that worked out. But yeah, I'm Paul, and uh, I'm currently in Louisville, Kentucky. That is pretty cool. There's already like something spawned off of this show. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. It's not like not quite a spinoff, but like in a way. <laughs> I'd be curious to see if some other people have like kind of remained sort of friends at least. I, I don't think another podcast has come out of it, but it did work out really great and just awesome that. Gil and I were going to be in the physical same location and he's kind of we're very similar actually so it it worked out really well it's very cool yeah yeah let's talk about this weather let's let's recap on the little discussion at the beginning of the podcast and you have some I guess experience with the kind of weather even currently right that Gray's referring to uh what did you think about that yeah I feel very similar like whenever people will say like oh this is the the hottest it's ever been or like this is the coldest winter we've we've ever had it's like people tend to act like it's a freak occurrence but it's it's annual that's how seasons work (laughs) like it's (laughs) it's not that amazing well so let me ask you have you been to uh, well london or i guess whatever else is in england or the uk Um, no (laughs) i've i've never been to the uk at all yeah me either Uh oh so where i've 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 been to australia and china those are like my two things that have, have been not the United States. I've been to France, so I'm closer to the UK. I think I could see the UK from one point in France that I was Talk at. to me about how, how air conditioning and stuff like that worked in France, or the climate in general. 
I don't recall, because I wasn't really, like, living there like a normal human. Mm -hmm. It was much more of a vacation sort of thing, so I I don't recall there being a problem. Like, it it would get hot there, right? Air conditioning? Yeah. It it was a few years ago now. I went during the spring, so it wasn't, like, a heat wave (laughs) type of months. But in North Carolina, as Gray said, it's very humid. Mm Mm-hmm. So even if the temperature itself is not as hot, it feels much hotter because you're basically being like steamed. Right. Do you do you watch or not watch? Do you read XKCD comics at all? Yeah, I'm familiar. So the most the newest XKCD except for today's is one about it's talking about heat index. And so it's like a little flow chart and it basically just says how you calculate the heat index, current temperature and just add a few degrees. <laughs> Because it's like, uh, you know, I, I think there is math, right, about how you get the heat index, but it always just feels I'm like... sure there is. Yeah, just tack on a few degrees but... so that we can claim it to be more of a, you know, heat. Yeah, it's the same <laughs> It's the same for wind chill. It's like, oh, but with the wind, it feels like it's negative 400. It's like, oh, <laughs> does it though? Yeah, I love that. But there is definitely a difference between like 60% humidity, which is basically constant north carolina Mm -hmm. versus like something like arizona where it's just very dry Hmm. how do you like carolina in well north carolina in general it's kind of nice in that it's like close enough to the middle to where we actually get all the seasons Mm -hmm. pretty pretty good it's like you can get some snow but not too much snow okay but the, the interesting thing about where i'm living currently is that makes me feel like I can relate to the London heat wave discussion is I'm actually in the mountains of North Carolina. Oh. And because it's higher elevation, it gets much colder just in general, but especially during the winters. Mm -hmm. But that means pretty much every place up here is not equipped to deal with, to deal with heat in the same way that they were describing. I see. Like I've had a couple of different apartments in the mountains of North Carolina, and I've never had one that actually had a air conditioning system. Hmm. That's so. That's interesting. Yeah. So during like, it's not a problem most of the time, but during the the one or two or three months of actual heat, which is always written off as a freak occurrence, mm-hmm. um, it's it's bad. For me, just thinking back, I don't think China had much air conditioning going on which uh, it feels like it fits in with their culture somewhat uh i think australia it was actually cold when i was in australia so i don't really know but london and i guess well no mostly london i guess new england and the united kingdom if they don't have air conditioning whatever maybe but like london is the central major city i don't even know even if it didn't break into this heat wave territory or have summer like i don't know it just very it surprises me a lot that it's like if you zoom out on google maps it's like one of the three or five cities that like show up and have a little dot for them right and it it doesn't have this like modern luxury of air conditioning when clearly at least occasionally it would make sense right right it's like it's definitely one of the biggest like cities in that part of the world and like sort of a hub you would think it would have the latest technology Mm -hmm. i think part of it might just be that it's it's older and that sometimes british people can be very stuck in their in their ways Mm -hmm. of like you know we we didn't have air conditioning 400 years ago why would we suddenly have 
air conditioning now. <laughs> I wonder. And also, it's like if if they haven't torn down a building and rebuilt it from scratch, mm-hmm. then there's then that means someone would have to make the decision of like I'm going to add air conditioning to this pre-existing building. <laughs> And that's, if no one else is doing that, then there's no incentive. It's just going to cost you money. What do you think the queen, what is what is the situation for the queen and like royalty? Oh, I mean, I'm sure she's got some kind of, she could probably just have people fanning her all times. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean. I mean, I, I do think there's probably an issue with some of like the old like palace type things. Yeah, like the the older estates not having like modern conveniences. You know, I would not be surprised. Go ahead. In the same way that the White House is like, it's like short on plugs sometimes. Oh, is it? Just because it was built during a time when like there wasn't electricity. Yeah, I would. Um, I wouldn't be overly surprised if there is literally like a fanner on the payroll, like a person that fans the queen. I, th- I feel like it would be funny if that was someone's only job, though. <laughs> Surely it's just like a, whatever handmaid or whatever that also fans as part of her duties. Mm-hmm. Like not. Yeah. I don't. I would love to see someone get a paycheck of like you. You did your fanning duties well this month. They're paid by the wave <laughs> of the fan. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Uh. What? What? What else do you want to talk about today? Let's. Let's get into the meat of it. Um, I don't know. Did we have any show notes we needed to discuss? I have about 50,000 show notes from my other podcast here. And full disclosure, I will probably speak about them redundantly, just because I don't want to completely take something that I might want to mention on the other one. But it's kind of free reign to talk about anything here. So I've got kind of Mars-related stuff, which relates to this most recent uh podcast and then i've got flag stuff and you name it flag stuff you want some flag stuff have there been recent developments in the flag world? uh personal recent developments in the flag world because i you know i heard hello internet talk about flags and i actually missed the whole flag referendum thing i stopped listening mostly for lack of a good podcast player like i don't like apple's podcast player mm-hmm. uh but i jumped like a sane person yeah yeah no uh, but I jump back on the bandwagon, and I've been catching up, and occasionally they'll still mention flags and things. Uh, but for whatever reason, very recently, vexillology really clicked with me. And so it's been a pretty fun hobby in the last just like week or two. Uh, so I've been kind of looking into flags. I've been doing my own designs of some flags. So maybe these will end up in the show notes, but we can talk about them a little bit. And the first one, though, is... So I'm not... I'm, I've been in Indianapolis a lot because I kind of I went to college near there and now I'm kind of near it like two hours away or less than two hours. Uh, so I just wanted to talk about uh, I was looking at the 2004 ranking of like city flags by the I think North American Vexillological Association. I don't remember. Vexillological. You know, the flag people. Is this just U.S. cities or is this all cities? I think it's U.S. cities. So we can also link to that. For some reason, 2004 seems to be like the most recent one that they've done. I guess flags haven't changed that much. Probably not. Yeah, but the one that I haven't heard a lot of talk about and I really like is Indianapolis. So maybe if you take a second and pull that one up, we can talk about it a bit. The flag of Indianapolis. Indianapolis. 
and I'll try to Google it too, but sometimes it ruins everything when I try to use my internet while recording. Ah, okay. So I guess I should describe it for the listeners. Yeah, go for it. Um, it's a dark blue background with a white cross but then in the center of the cross is a white circle with a red circle inside of it and a white star inside of that so it's very symmetrical Mm -hmm. sort of central design i like it no i think that's like very flaggy i'll tell you it doesn't look like much like it's not super exciting so i mean like if you look at what is it? it i think denver has like a really great city flag that looks a lot like the colorado flag like it uses the same colors and it has like mountains in it and they're ranked like number two on that list so we can maybe talk about that one too but the indianapolis flag it just follows the rules it has a very like you said flaggy design and do you know let me ask you do you do you know like the symbolism that's going on in this flag no i probably have it written in front of me on this wikipedia article (laughs) but i'll let you tell me well so i haven't even read it but that's the thing is just from having been to indianapolis and knowing a little bit about the city and then seeing this flag, it was immediately obvious to me. So what you see here is literally a top-down view of the city center. Because Indianapolis was sort of built, like, arbitrarily without, like, they built it on a river not realizing that the river was not navigable by boats. Mm. So it was pretty arbitrarily placed and poorly at that. But anyway, that meant that they could build it kind of on a grid. And so the whole city is pretty much laid out on uh, a pretty you know, clean looking grid if you zoom out. But the city center meets in, you can see in this flag, it's got like a roundabout in the middle and it's got the four roads that lead in. And where that star is, is a giant statue. And I'm reading the Wikipedia page here now because I don't remember exactly the name. Uh, The Soldiers and Sailors Monument. And it is like this huge statue in the dead center of downtown. And it just, it's, I love it. It's really symbolic. It's a clean very flaggy design and and i appreciate it that's amazing i just assumed it was like you know a circle in the middle almost like japan just you know put a thing in the middle and like a cross like like england or or many flags like yeah standard standard flag things but it actually is basically a map of indianapolis yeah it's like on a on a flag the heart of indianapolis is represented here and it really is like if you spend a little bit of time in the city or just, you know, drive through downtown, I think it would click and connect with most people. And they even have a mall there that's called like Circle Center Mall or City Center Mall or something. So it's like this is ground zero for the start of the city and they have this huge statue that represents it. So I, I just think they did a really solid job. I, you know, I almost live there and I really wish I had a cool flag to be proud of. But, you know, at least they're nearby. And then since we mentioned it, if you want to talk about the uh, uh, Denver flag real quick. Denver? Yeah. It immediately is making me think of Gray Peak. Um, oh, yeah. Except except that it's got sort of two mountains and then a sun in between them. Mm-hmm. Are you thinking, is this what, the New Zealand one, you mean? or? Um, well, I, I said Gray Peak, but there was, I forget what the New Zealand one was called. Well, the New Zealand one that like was the last minute entry thing, it didn't make it to the final round and then they let it through or whatever, but it still didn't win, was called Red Peak. And that's the one I'm familiar with. Right. But what's what's Gray Peak? R- right. Gray Peak is just a grayscaled version of that that was put into the Hello Internet oh. um, running late. Oh, and I, I don't, I don't think Gray let it in. That's actually hilarious. I haven't gotten there yet. I'm, that's literally the next episode is them counting the, 
the results of the referendum uh, on my backlog that I'm working through. Uh, oh. Yeah, so that's... I can't remember if that was mentioned before the <laughs> counting. or It must have been mentioned just after. Uh, so, slight spoilers. Sorry about that. Oh, man. No, I'm, gl- I'm really glad that they took the same basic design and tried to get it in after the submissions. Yeah. Quality, quality Tim work right there. Or Tim Foolery. Yeah, slightly in the realm of Tim Foolery. But yeah, uh, but-, but yeah, the Denver, it's it's sort of a white zigzag with blue above it and red below it. And then there's a yellow circle. I mean, hopefully we'll have these in the show notes so people can actually see it. Mm-hmm. But And I, uh, just for memory here, I know that like the zigzag or something is supposed to like pay homage to Native American culture or something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like that one. Yeah, just a- Go ahead. I just assumed it would be for the mountains or something. But. Yeah, I mean, the the mountains are definitely meant to be there and present. And then the M, yeah, no, I guess the M, never mind. There's no M. <laughs> I'm imagining stuff. Well, the zigzag is, is like an M. Yeah, but what is that? Ah, man, I got to click on the link, actually, because I don't, I'm trying to do this from memory. Uh, the white zigzag symbolizes Colorado's Native American heritage. Okay. Is it something to do with the color white? What I I don't know. I think maybe they just used zigzag patterns. And so it's like, I feel like that one's sort of a reach and just done for like politically correct purposes. Maybe. Oh, yeah. It might be the fact that it's a zigzag pattern. I feel like that might be a a Native American thing. Yeah. Um, But what are you going to think? How would you have done this without that element? Like. It's yeah, it's, but I, I think it's it's also just the mountains. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But yeah, and then the what do we have here? Yellow symbolizes gold in the hills. Oh, and the center position symbolizes the central location of Denver within the state. Oh, and I'm also a little bit like, eh. I mean, I wish they wouldn't even try to symbolize it that much. It's like we've got mountains here, we've got the same colors as the state flag, so that's where your color palette came from. Mm-hmm. And then you've got like snow cap with the 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 white as the snow, so. I think it's great. I do like, uh, yeah, I, I, it's probably one of the better city flags. Um, I do like that they kept the same color palette as their state. I think there needs to be more coordination with, mm-hmm. with colors as far as flags are concerned. Yeah. But it just, I have to agree with you, the Indianapolis one being essentially a map of like the heart of the city mm-hmm. while also sticking to st- standard flag design. Yeah, I think they killed it. And actually, I should... I think that they almost have an unfair advantage. I know. Just not a lot of cities would be able to do that. <laughs> it's like they planned their city around their flag. <laughs> yeah. Knowing them, I'm not sure they didn't because it's, it's really like... They, it's such a different city where the way they planned it compared to normally. They, you know, is is very like, I think, planned out from the beginning, so... Right. Is that not how all cities are planned? Uh, you just get a flag and you stick it in the ground and you're like, this is going to be a city now. Phoenix I claim this. plan like that. I mean, so just the way that it like develops, right? And I think Indianapolis, they had a really good idea of like, this is how things will look. It will be on this general grid. And then, you know, you look a lot at the like Eastern coast cities and it's a hot mess, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, when you have just like yeah. a patch of land in the middle of nowhere, it's like, might as well make it a grid. And then... You know, as you go west, people, there was just more development in how to better plan cities as you go. And I think you tend to end up with more and more, you know, well-planned cities. Yeah. I think the East Coast suffers from a similar thing to most of Europe, where it's just like, it's so old and ill-conceived. And it's like, yeah, you could tear it down and start from scratch, but that's, no one's going to do that. Mm -hmm. 
You can't just <laughs> tear down all of London and build it up from scratch with air conditioning. Oh, but the temptation is there. <laughs> uh, so the next one that we can talk about is one that, that I designed, if you want to talk about it. Sure. Would you send it? Yes. Yeah, so I'm going to drop it here into Discord, and it should send up. It should show up pretty clearly. Huh. Can you tell me what you have there? Um, right. It's a black background with a sort of... Ye- See, now I have to define this color, which is like yellow, peach, tan sort of color mm-hmm. um, with rings coming off of it. So it's a, it's a big circle on the left side, and then there's some rings sort of can you, um, can you tell me what it's coming a flag off for? of it towards the right. What it's a flag for. Something audio related is my <laughs> guess, because it almost looks like a speaker. But I really don't oh, know. Here, well, um, let me let me. Oh, it'll take a second, I think, probably. But let me let me find the. I'm also interested in this. this one. Is that a hexagon shape in the center that's cut off by the edge of the flag? Yeah. Okay. So I so I designed this one in response to another flag that I saw, mm-hmm. and so the other flag that I saw is this one. Oops. I gotta save it. And it's funny that you mentioned audio for a different reason, because when people saw this flag at first, they thought it was like a vinyl-related flag. Yes. Um, I can see that, because the um, how much black you left in on the, the left side. Yeah, well, the... the and then the, roughly the size of that circle, it looks like a, like a record. Mm-hmm. The newer one, though, is I didn't design. This was somebody else, and I just kind of picked it up and, and went with it. Uh, but the... The flag oh, okay. here is for Saturn. Huh. Okay, so that's what the rings are. Are. Yeah. Saturn. Yeah. Rings. And I tried to make so this All first right. one has kind of just you know here's Saturn and here's some of the rings and I don't know if the number is significant maybe that's the number of like moons or major moons or something. Um, but for mine I I basically made it like a literal, a more simplified version but basically mine is what you would see if you took a picture directly above saturn because you've got the the body of the planet in just you know kind of a saturnish color and then the now that you've told me it's saturn and i'm looking at these two side by side i think the one you designed is definitely looks more like saturn yeah i mean i'm not claiming it to be an awesome flag i just i was literally like what if i do this literally as if i was looking down on saturn right you know so there's basically no symbolism here but it's just an abstracted image of saturn yeah but it's it's at least cropped in an interesting way that it it feels like a better design than like say the um flag of antarctica Mm. which is just like the map or whatever (laughs) yeah yeah and the first one that i put or the the one that i didn't design here the circle like comes just barely into contact with the edge on the left so it kind of like i don't i don't love how it does that i mean if it it just creates like this very pointy black part and so i wish the saturn was just a little bit more to the right basically in that first one in the one that you didn't design yeah so that's why i kind of i made it like bigger just to like have saturn's like massive presence not even fit in the scale of the flag pretty much yeah i hate when things line up like like too too perfectly it should either be have a little space a little breathing room or it should be off the edge like yours is yeah and lining up Um, is 
is nice, but you know, I don't know if this one that I didn't design here, you could, it, you might have a tough time producing it as a flag just because you've got like a piece of black that tapers off, like, you know, on a, on a nonlinear kind of curve, like it's like an exponential curve that tapers off the black. So you get a very sharp pointy edge of it. Right. And it just, it's just weird to look at. It's like in some of the Liberian state flags, um, mm-hmm. which have you gotten up to that episode? Yeah, I just, that was very recent. Ugh, man, that word. That okay. Very, I listened to it. <laughs> it was a pretty recent episode. Um, I don't think that's, anyone uses that word. Um, but yeah, and I forget which one, but there's one where it's like, there's a person or a tree or something, and it's just standing on the horizon. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's not how that should line up. Yeah. That's somewhat how this feels of just like why is it right on the edge (laughs) yeah so i don't know that was just fun to do and i i like how it turned out and then the hexagon by the way uh some people don't know but saturn has on its i think northern pool it has just a naturally formed very like very prominent hexagon pattern and i forget i think it's like Mm. It's larger than the Earth, so it's like a big hexagon, you know, just because of how big Saturn is. And it's to scale on my picture of Saturn here. So it's like you can see, you know, Saturn's really huge, and then this thing is, is like a significant chunk of its diameter. Right. Uh, but it's just... That's interesting. I didn't I didn't know about that one. It, so it sounds like almost... It's like a distinctive mark that would almost be sta- Saturn's equivalent to like the red spot yeah, on Jupiter. Exactly, yeah. It's very, that's what someone yeah. on Reddit on the original flag had said, like, oh, it should have a hexagon like Jupiter has a red spot, I think someone said. Um, yeah, because if you're, if you're looking to make a flag for a planet when there's, you know, a number of very similar planets out in the universe, you're going to be looking for some distinctive feature mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that makes it interesting. And, and I think the hexagon should definitely be on your flag for Saturn because that's what probably makes it most unique what's really crazy once you you start expanding these flags out more what's really crazy about the hexagon is like so this is not super frequent that nature produces a hexagon like you can find some patterns and i think there's like some images of stonework like uh maybe we'll find that for the show notes too i'm putting a lot of work on whoever does the show notes which might be me but um (laughs) there's there's like these naturally occurring hexagonal stones in nature that's like really freaky because it looks like you know, very precision handmade stone work, and it's not. Right. Uh, so when people discovered, you know, it was relatively recently that they saw the hexagon or at least confirmed it because I think they saw it at one time and they were like, oh, that's just a coincidence. Like, it surely doesn't look like a hexagon all the time. Uh, but it did because they saw it again. And people, like, speculated at one point that, oh, maybe this is a sign left by, you know, aliens pretty much that... Alien. Yeah, because the thing is, you can only see this hexagon once you have developed a space program that is advanced enough to take a picture of the backside of Saturn. So kind of the like mm-hmm. theory was maybe this is like a, a, a message left to us, but it can occur in nature. So it's probably just a natural phenomenon. But it's kind of fun to think about like, you know, it makes for a good sci-fi plot that if like on the back of a whole planet, there was some kind of message to us. And I'm just thinking about that show ancient aliens yeah i'm not saying it's aliens have you ever seen that i i don't think i've seen it but i've seen the memes <laughs> so he's that guy with the crazy st- sticky uppy hair yeah and he, he's he's basically just like ranting about the plot of stargate <laughs> but he's pretending like it's <laughs> it's real life yeah 
yeah, yeah. It's probably just humans seeing patterns and things that don't really mean anything, but we're happy to find them because we like patterns. Yeah. What also is really interesting, though, is that so Jupiter is in like the process of losing its red spot. Have you heard that? Yeah, it's like it's isn't it a storm or something that's just been gradually dying down or something? Yeah, and it's just crazy because like almost all the time on anything related to astronomy, it's like tens of thousands of years at a minimum before something changes, and so it's like you know eventually the stars in the sky will have a different pattern or whatever. But you know, like for all of existing human history, they've been the same. But it's interesting that Saturn is like or not Saturn, Jupiter is going to be, you know, different at not that long in the future. And I don't remember how long. It might be like 50 years or something that they expect. But, you know, at one point soonish, it will lose something very distinctive of it. I didn't realize it was that soon. I don't... Um, I don't. It has been going for a long time, though. I think that might just be a situation where maybe it does take like a ridiculous amount of time. And that just happens to be the one thing that we caught the end of oh yeah i could i'm not sure when it like began yeah but it's just you know that's not all that common so that's kind of cool yeah it's not it's not every day that like some astrological feature is different Mm -hmm. like yeah like if an asteroid suddenly came into orbit around another planet it's like oh there's a new moon that wasn't there before it's like that's doesn't happen very often so that is pretty significant that if the red spot goes away within our lifetime or within like the next couple of generations, that would be, that'd be interesting. I think less interesting than finding uh, evidence of cells on, on Mars, but I guess Brady disagrees. <laughs> yeah, we can, we, you want to talk about that a little bit here? Sure. So my, I don't have a lot to say about it, but my take, and I think they acknowledged it some in there, but this is a thing that, uh, Robert Zubrin, who's like a big uh, advocate for colonizing Mars, and like he's, you know, since before the turn of the millennium, he's had like this plan for how to best colonize Mars, and he's just a very prominent figure. Uh, and he's been saying for a long time, if we go to Mars, we can get some of like the best science done that we've ever done. Just figuring out is there life on Mars? No. If if not, then that's very interesting, and we can draw a lot of conclusions from that. But if there is it's also very interesting and depending on whether it appears to have similar structure to our life on earth uh, we can you know we can just figure out how basically everything came to be just by finding out whether there is or isn't life and, and how that life is structured if it's there right yeah that's one thing they they kept saying the most recent podcast <laughs> is that like you should you should kind of expect that there is life on mars it would almost be more interesting if there wasn't but like Either way, there's there's some conclusions to be made there. Like, if we, you know, scour the planet and, like, comb it for life and can't find any, then there's, you know, there's some conclusions to be made about, like, how how rare um, yeah. life might actually be in the universe. But then if we do find some, there's, there's also a lot of study that could be done on it. Like, is it similar? Is it... Is it the same as something we have on Earth? Could that mean that those theories about like Mars colliding with Earth and things like that in the past? It, mm-hmm. You know, there's a, there's a lot that could be pulled from that. So I don't think it's quite as 
as boring as they make it sound, but to be fair, when when you are announcing like the discovery of water every every six months or so, it's it does wear on you a bit, and it's like you sort of lose interest. Yeah. So I'm I'm definitely more in the camp of wanting there to be, I mean life finding life is cool but just for the fact that like if they don't find life that means like I don't know probably at least a hundred maybe two hundred years is the minimum amount of time for them to like be completely confident that there isn't life on Mars so if they just find it then then it's a lot easier and quicker where it's like cool like I would love for them to find a, a fish or something like a, a huge thing that couldn't possibly have been brought from Earth because a lot of times too it's like Oh, you know, is this really life on Mars, or did we bring the microbes here? Right. <laughs> so if you right. just find a fish, that's a hard argument. Yeah, it's hard to argue against that. And, of course, like, confirming a thing is always going to be easier than confirming the non-existence of a thing. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, we could spend the next hundred years, like, searching for life and not finding it. And then, you know, 101 years, we find some, and it's like, oh, I guess there is. Mm-hmm. Whereas if we you know find clear evidence tomorrow then it's search is over we did it <laughs> like confirmed yeah and um, the other thing about finding life is just so it doesn't seem like it makes sense because just the fact that if you found life you could justify pouring so many more resources into a space program and a mars program and this is like very much people's opinion on you know what is the best way to spend money but i like i'm pretty convinced that spending money in like social programs is just way less efficient than solving technical problems so if if there became an excuse to throw money into you know developing a space program to go look into the life that we find on mars that i think would truly benefit you know cgp gray and every single person on earth just like all of the uh, innovations that came out of like the moon landing right yeah Pushing technology to its limits is always, like, gonna have more innovations than just, like, sitting and sitting at home with, like, the technology you already have and figuring out how you can use it slightly differently. Like, I, I think there would probably be a lot of advances if if we got serious about colonizing Mars or or trying to send ships to a, a nearby star like there would there would definitely be some useful advances in the same way that there were there were when yeah um the space race was a thing i mean it's just basic like psychology here i mean as a as an individual if i don't have anything that i like need to get done you know i just sit around and listen to podcasts whatever you know and i think it works on the same way you know you see large companies where they become monopolies and they become bogged down and it's like well we need to just play it safe and not innovate because we have this monopoly and it's just whenever you see the lack of necessity so if there's a lack of necessity for going to the moon or to mars you just don't innovate in that area and the moon mm-hmm. you know became i mean i think it's pretty widely accepted and i don't know if brady wants to admit this but like that happened because we were trying to prove, uh, you know, technical capabilities over the USSR at the time. And then, you know, we did it and then we didn't need to do it anymore. And then uh, we stopped. And that's why, like, none of this, none of the, the moonwalkers, right, were scientists until, like, the very last missions. They were all military. 
uh, or no, yeah, none of the Moonwalkers were were science related uh, careers or anything like that. So, right. I think it's it's just really obvious. There's not a lot even to debate. That just not a lot gets done unless there's some real driving force. And you could say, oh, we could just put the money into going to Mars, but nobody's going to support that unless you have this overbearing yeah. reason to go, right? No one wants to to take like a needless risk, like uh, like putting an air conditioning unit in in your apartment complex that you own. Like, yeah, you could do that, but if no one else in London's doing that, then it's just you eating the cost for no reason. Yeah. If there was some competition <laughs> or some some motivation to do such a thing, um, I truthfully think you know. that one of the few cases where a true like global scale conspiracy would be worth doing would be pretending to discover life on some other planet because a small group of scientists or whatever could probably fake that right in a way that no one could really disprove all that well and that the media would just roll with and it would become this huge global sensation and it would take us out to the stars so like i'm not Mm. saying anyone's doing that or that they should do that but i think it would work and uh, I think it would do a lot of good. I think if if it was just a random group of scientists that just had satellites or whatever collecting data, I think it would immediately a claim a claim as big as that would immediately get like double checked and triple checked by everyone with the ability to do so. Yeah, it would, and could could get disproved. But if it was Someone like, I remember reading about a project involving Mark Zuckerberg and Stephen Hawking and some Russian billionaire or something. I can't remember now, but it involved like trying to send tiny probes towards Alpha Centauri or something. Mm -hmm. Like something like that. If those people wanted to fake that kind of report, I think they could do it. And it would take a while before anyone was capable of double-checking. I think it would be tough um, to do, but there's a lot of situations with these, you know, satellites and rovers and things where you have, like, I think probably three people, like, really in charge of some of the some of the subcomponents, at least. And mm-hmm. a lot of times, you know, like with this lake on Mars, right, they got a reading and they can only take a reading you know, very infrequently whenever they pass over the certain place that is of interest to them. So there's there's not like a scientific community that can instantaneously verify it. You know, like if these couple scientists had just been like, well, we have, I mean, maybe like this is an example, right? Potentially, they could just be completely lying about the water on Mars. I think they're not. And it wouldn't really probably be all that worth it. But like, I'm not sure how many people would actually be able to check that if they did. Well, and that's, somewhat what was joked about on the podcast of of uh just doing it every so often for the funding yeah yeah because I, I think that's that's what you're saying here is if if uh life was confirmed in space somewhere then there would instantly be more funding and there would be more advancements and it would overall be a good thing even if uh it turned out to be a false report yeah, and on a smaller scale of not, you know, this, I'm sure that they're telling the truth and everything, but, you know, for, like, smaller things, maybe they a little bit exaggerate the title because you got to... 
he's got to think about their incentives of like you know to continue our funding we've got to keep producing you know interesting things well i don't know that the scientists even have to exaggerate it i think that the people reporting the news are always going to exaggerate it because it'll get more more clicks or you know whatever the case may be yeah but i I just mean if your funding is on the line and it's like you have the choice between the title of you know maybe kind of there might be this lake thing on mars and (laughs) there might there might be a one meter lake (laughs) because they're not even under you know a glacier but you know if you could just it's like well all the details are in the report but let's just call it the title let's call like lake on mars you know it's it's just subtle differences that i think maybe even subconsciously people might might choose depending on their incentives sure speaking of all this though we do need to be um well actually no before we speak about that i have one more thing that i'll share with you here and we'll see how this this is a little movie file so we'll see how discord takes it but uh i just made this uh so can you see it there yep so th- hey, watch this real quick so this is i did a cylinder with the diameter of 12 miles which is what they're saying this lake is and a depth of one meter and then i turned that into a cube and this is like the minimum amount because they say it's at least a meter um but this is roughly the minimum amount of water that's that's under the one mile underneath the martian surface so i just basically wanted to show that you know this is not like a puddle um was that person to scale yeah that's that's a scale person but then what is it the depth that's one meter yeah, so they they say it it actually has a really strange looking pattern of like lines. If you look on uh, like I think the the light or the water on Mars Wikipedia page, um, but I I'm just assuming here. Let's take a body of water that is 12 miles across and one meter depth, and that has the same volume as the cube that I I'm showing here. Oh, the same volume. Yeah. Okay. No, that's so not the just, shape. You you've gathered all the water up into a cube. Yeah. That's what was confusing me. I was like, <laughs> that's no, no, uh, part of this cube looks like it's one meter. <laughs> no. Yeah. This is just to uh, kind of show well, that is right. That is, um, interesting, an interesting way to look at that data. Uh, yeah, I didn't realize it was, it was 12 miles. That's, um, and so, yeah, it's like a strange pattern. So it might be less, but it's also possibly deeper. So it might be more. And so that's just really roughly like this is something like what we're looking at. And then I want to clarify again that it's not on the surface and you have to kind of dig a mile to get to it. But, you know, mm. it's kind of cool to see that. If they really wanted funding, they would say they, they saw fish swimming <laughs> in the we detected in the, in the pond or whatever it is. Yeah. And then uh, detected movement. Do you want to, I, I want to beat Hello Internet to a topic, which is, uh, we're going to do our own little plane, uh, we're going to do our own little plane crash corner here, because, oh, yeah? yeah, did you see the final report on MH370, the Malaysian Airlines flight? No. Do you have it to send? Uh, if you just search it, there's a lot of news about it. I mean, it's like a long, long report thing, but to sum it up, pretty much it has no new information. And they say they could not determine the cause. So what is the development here that they're they're ending their search? Yeah, I think pretty much they're ending all investigation about it. I 
thought that was already... I thought that already happened. I think they maybe stopped, like, physically searching with boats, but that they were still, like, researching and... Investigating. Yeah. Okay. I hope this doesn't turn into another water on Mars situation. <laughs> what do you mean by that? <laughs> like, every six months, they announce that they've stopped searching for the <laughs> Malaysian Airlines flight. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I don't know if there's any official group still searching at this point, but... Mm -hmm. Yeah, the only thing I think that they say is they're pretty confident that they turned the plane manually at some point, which is like almost saying nothing, but they didn't remain on course is pretty much the, the conclusion. Right. They're, they've decided they've done enough searching to where uh, they don't think it's it stayed on course because they didn't find it where, they, where it would have been. I think there were some like pings from satellites or something too, but it was like up in the air as, you know, maybe those were wrong or something but I, whatever reasons they've concluded that probably the plane turned which is yeah not a lot of stuff but that and uh they a while back they found like a little chunk of it i forget what part and i think hello internet discussed this but um just basically they confirmed a piece of the wreckage so that's you know it didn't get secretly taken by the russians i guess then or it did, and that they just missed that piece. Yeah, or <laughs> that's what the Russians want you to think. Yeah, maybe they intentionally left that piece. <laughs> there was, I don't, did you see, I mean, I'm, I'm sounding probably like a big conspiracy person here. Um, I'm not. But there was a thing for a while where some people had looked up, like, a recently constructed structure in Russia that just happened to be, like, the right size to fit the plane, and, like, it was somehow within range and stuff like that. <laughs> there was some thinking like maybe this is some kind of huge conspiracy a plane goes missing and no one in russia is allowed to build a large building yeah. ever again because <laughs> otherwise that's that's what they're doing they're hiding the plane from us yeah speaking of conspiracies do you want to talk about the anti-dog lobby from the last podcast you, you mean? Any... uh yes from the most recent podcast <laughs> yeah go ahead do you have any experience with the anti-dog lobby i have parents that really like to take their dogs places and uh they usually find either it doesn't cost anything extra to have your pet at like a hotel or even airbnbs or whatever you know sometimes it's a little extra uh and this is the united states versus you know i think brady was talking about the uk right but mm -hmm. um the big complaint i hear from my parents who care a lot about their dogs and Everything was planes. Planes are very discriminatory against pets. Though there is that, like, support animal, which I think gives you more traveling rights. I, I feel like that's not how that system should be set up. Like, it shouldn't be so difficult to travel with your animal that you have to get it registered as, like, a like therapy animal in, in order to be able to travel with it easily. Um, I feel like it that should be turned in s somewhat the other direction. Yeah, I think they're also kind of cracking down on that. Like, is this, I don't, I don't remember, but I think I heard like it's becoming harder to register a, like a therapy animal and things. And it's, you know, like a lot of these are pretty illegitimate. You just want to have your dog on the plane. Yeah, but I, I think if you want all the therapy animals to be legitimate then you should make it easier for people to travel with their with their regular pets yeah rather than 
you know, make it harder for people to get therapy animals. There's no great solution, though. I mean, do you? what would you do? I don't know. The only thing I could think Honestly. would be, you know, you have to start a dedicated airline that has, like, the back half as a kennel for pets. Hmm. And I, I bet that the the economics don't quite work out on that. Although they might, because people really do like their pets. Yeah, I think that that's somewhat like Brady's situation with the $1,000 cleaning fee. I think that would help uh, celebrities who want to travel with their pets, but not necessarily uh, average, like, income people. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to... I, I, I can't... I can't imagine that would be cheap to have a dedicated pet flight. Yeah. I feel like you'd have to, I mean, basically you have to beat the cost of driving to wherever you're driving, you know, in a car, which is probably not that hard to do because, you know, Spirit operates on like $25 flights sometimes and cars are actually, I think like, I think all things considered, because I've looked into this sometimes, cars average around like. 75 cents or 50 cents to a dollar per mile mm. but then you you know you have like at least three people with the husband and the wife and the the dog so you know multiply the plane tickets by three and you come pretty close to whatever driving across country would be but there's some situations where driving is not an option you know if you're going from the uk to california or something like brady does oh <laughs> yeah um he probably doesn't want to drive uh, that would not be a pleasant drive. <laughs> yeah, you know, that would actually probably Especially be the best case. Is just, here's a flight <laughs> and we have... With Audrey and Lulu just, like, <laughs> paddling. <laughs> Little rowboat. But yeah, to have... I could almost see Brady doing that, like, just for the adventure of it, but... Yeah, I don't know. Someone should start that. Someone should try that. A uh, um, international pet-approved flight. Yeah. I don't have any real solid uh anti-dog lobby stories other than that my landlord just doesn't like pets Mm. and will not let me have one and it makes me sad Mm. but that's that's about my story um i'm so i'm in an apartment i've been in like two apartments recently one didn't allow pets and people had pets anyway (laughs) which that was fun because there would literally be like a dog loose in the lobby that they couldn't get back on a leash and mm-hmm. and the the landlord people would come down and like threaten to fine everyone in the in the room just like if this dog doesn't leave everyone gets fined but that was wow. actually kind of nice cuz compared to where i am now pets are allowed and truthfully it reduces the quality of everything cuz mostly just cuz you don't have enforcement of people like cleaning up after their pets and like you know there's just it just gets messy like when you move into a room that used to have pets and I, they replaced the carpet for me i think because there did used to be dogs where i lived but i don't know if they always do that and there's always going to be you know something yeah the apartment i was in previously also did not allow pets but i i understood that a little bit more because it was it was more crowded and it, there would have been uh they probably would have had to do a lot of cleaning and things like that this one it just feels weird to me because Having, like, actually talked to my landlord a bit, I realized he just doesn't like animals. Mm-hmm. Like, he just doesn't think they should be pets. And, I don't know, it felt very... It feels like he's maybe in the anti-dog lobby. Yeah, I don't know. 
I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how this kind of comes out sort of going into the future because I really the transportation problem. I would love to see how that is it just going to continue to be like, you know, 50 years from now you've got to put your dog in the cargo hold or because it doesn't feel like there's anything that's going to change that. Yeah. And the situation with with like stores, I wonder how that will that will evolve. Um mm in the coming years because they, they raise some good points of like if it's a small dog that you're holding in your arm it's definitely got like it's less of a health concern than you know a small child that's running around touching all the all the produce mm-hmm. like so you can't just fully blame it on on like health issues and sa- sanitation issues yeah I, I honestly didn't really like i don't disagree with them and i love pets but it didn't resonate with me that well on this most uh, this most recent episode of like episode 105 of Hello Internet. Uh, <laughs> it just, yeah, I don't know, it kind of felt like... Was it 105 or 106? Oh, shoot, I don't even know. I think, yeah, 106 maybe. <laughs> but it felt like, I don't know, they want society to change in ways that I don't see would really be feasible at all. And Brady, it mostly started, you know, with this huge cleaning fee. And again, like, yeah... I mean, I guess they are pretty much anti-dog, but would you rather them say, just no, you can't have your dog? Or yes, you can have your dog if you want to pay this crazy fee. Like, it still seems preferable that you should have the crazy fee over them just saying no. Yeah, I think I, I think that whole discussion was, was somewhat made in jest. Even um, there was one point where Gray was saying that you should get paid leave for having a new puppy. <laughs> yeah, it almost sounds Which... too like maybe great or maybe oh, I called him Grady <laughs> combination. Great. <laughs> sounds too Grady. <laughs> maybe Brady was tricked. I don't know. I don't know. It didn't come out across uh, super clear, but maybe he was just told like, oh, there will be a fee. And then he agreed to it. And then they told him that it was a thousand dollars. And that's not great. Yeah. If that was the case, um, I don't know. I probably just wouldn't pay it. Like, you gotta you gotta tell me that up front that's kind of interesting both of them don't have do you think there's a correlation on like youtubers and not having kids or is this just a coincidence because like what i'm pretty sure neither of them have or were planning to have kids right i mean i, I don't know if they've talked about it that much but i'm pretty sure neither of them does and yeah no they they don't have kids um unless there's like secret kids <laughs> pretty as I, like I could almost five secret children. I could almost see Gray doing that <laughs> yeah. like he doesn't want his kids in the in the spotlight of being like a, a public figure yeah, honestly I wouldn't be surprised so he just has like secret secret kids Mr. But Mr. Chompers I'm pretty is sure they don't <laughs> Mr. Chompers is a baby oh my god that's why he won't send pictures <laughs> um, hey what are we doing on time here I I kind of started mine and didn't delete that first recording so I don't have a good grasp on it um we're just over an hour. Okay. Well, do you want to, anything else here? Any other major topics? Uh, I don't know. I can send you one more flag if you want. Sure. One more flag. <laughs> I didn't sound very excited. <laughs> do you want my flag? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I would uh, I would very much like to see your flag. <laughs> okay, so this one, I actually kind of want to send this one to Brady because I think he'd like it. And so I'll just say that this is, this huh. is a, a redesign for a u.s flag and you can kind of tell me what you think how many stars that's 50 50 still um that's very interesting did the circles represent something yeah so i have this originally started without those two circles on the right 
And basically, I was just trying to play around and create a new design for the flag. And it was even going to be just like a straight diagonal line. And it turned into a curve because I couldn't get the stars to line up in a in like a triangle shape for the life of me. <laughs> uh, so I was like, okay, we'll do a curve and I'll do this like fan pattern. Because um, the way that those stars work out, you know, it starts with one and then there's two and then there's three. Uh, it's 45. And so then if you just put five on the points at the end, it actually looks you know, half decent. Yeah. But then I added... It looks pretty good. Thank you. I added the other two. So it's like, there's other variants basically where I just take away those two circles. But I had those two circles. You know, one is the moon and one is Mars. For those wacky, wacky listeners that listen but don't check the show notes, or possibly you're busy right now, um, it's a standard American flag, but in the top left corner where there would normally be a rectangle... It's a um, a quarter circle with stars sort of shooting out from the corner in almost like an arrow pattern. And then there's, in this variation, there's two more circles. There's a red circle off to the right side and a gray circle in the middle, which I'm curious, I have a guess, but do, do the, color, the color gray, which you've added here, does that stand for anything? Right, so like I said, I, I did want to stick to just the current colors, but I couldn't make the moon work really well in, I mean, if it, it would just have to be white pretty much. So I chose just kind of an arbitrary gray for the, the moon. What is this supposed to be a flag for? So it's like a U.S. flag redesigned, and the one that I just posted now is like just a U.S. flag redesign, but kind of it has some more fun mm. with the, just basically what I what I set out to do here, I was like, my primary goal was can I make a flag where it's easy to add a star to because right now it you know it's always a trouble always always a pain in the butt to add a star uh, so for example let me send the 51 version so you can see it's not too bad to just add one star to this this variant of the u.s flag uh, and then as i was finishing this it just so happened to be that r slash vexillology was on a really big space empire kick like everyone was posting space empire uh flags and i was like you know what I can just say like, you know, this big circle is the earth and I can add a moon and Mars and we'll call it, you know, the U.S. space empire, basically. Ah, okay. So that is the moon and Mars. That's what those, the gray circle and the red circle represent for the American space empire. Yeah. And you could it's even conceivably... kind of horrifying, but I could, <laughs> I could see this being a thing. We are getting a space force. Yeah. That's what um, some people were saying. Like, this could just be the space force flag. Yeah. But you can see... um like you could even conceivably add stars to the the gray and and the red as you you know get what are essentially states in uh, oh yeah in Mars colonies yeah that would be amazing yeah so it was just kind of fun some cool things um, the stars ended up kind of looking fireworky so I I think that sort of adds a little bit of symbolism you know because it's just very American thing and then. You know, obviously you get the planet shapes out of it. And uh, what's cool too, though, is I worked it out so that these are actually to scale. So the distance is obviously not, but the Earth size, like diameter and the moon diameter and Mars diameter are all accurate. Hmm. I didn't realize uh, the moon was that close to the size of Mars. I thought Mars was a bit bigger and the moon was a bit smaller. Yeah, it's a little deceiving because... Uh, well, the Mars one is partially cut off yeah. by the edge of the flag, but... It, it, Still, I can see the curve of it, and uh, I would have expected it slightly different. 
slightly closer to the Earth size. Yeah, unless I'm wrong, I think they're pretty close because I think Mars is pretty much. I I believe you that you you got the proportions right. I just um, <laughs> I wouldn't be that, so sure. That but... was my my preconceived notion. Yeah, was that Mars was just a little bit smaller than Earth and that the Moon was a good bit smaller. Um, but I guess that I'm wrong and your flag is probably right. Yeah, I should double check. I also. It. <laughs> As a guess, I I thought you might be adding the color gray to the American flag uh, to sort of symbolize like that it's a melting pot of of different cultures and things. But I, you know what, I like space colony much better. Space empire. Yeah, <laughs> that was bonus. I mean, I was mostly just like trying to make a kind of modern flag that also could update the stars easily and i'll here i'll show you the the 55 star variant too so this is like gray has this video called american empire and he talks about the five basically territories i mean we have more than that like other little islands and stuff but there's five that basically should be states or are very state-like uh so if you don't have mm -hmm. a star for dc and you add the 55 then you get this kind of you know it's filled out because that's just how the pyramid works, that 55 stars fills it out. Um, I've made, back when we, they were discussing the 51 star flag, I actually did contribute to, to the chaos there. Oh. Um, let me see if I can find it. There we go. Oh, wow. Yeah. How'd you do that? What is this? This um, is sorcery. So... I was thinking about uh, how he was talking about on Kindle, how it, it was forcing the fully justified alignment and how until recently it wouldn't allow you to have a jagged edge. Yeah. Um, so I basically just applied that to the stars where at a glance it looks right because they all line up on both both edges, but the longer you stare at it, it just looks it just looks wrong. That is amazing, though. They're, Honestly, they're all sort of misaligned. These are actually fifty-one stars here. Yeah, that. Honest to God, I think that is by far the best one that I have seen. Just because you know we, the only thing about it, you know, is like people say you should be able to draw the flag easily, and like this would be a little bit more complicated to get it to actually be right. But like, yeah, at a glance, you can't even tell that this is a different flag. Actually, no, it looks like a better flag. Because the current flag, you know, has like staggering and this is actually there's like a square of stars surrounding, you know? Yeah, it's like the the edges are all perfect. Have you posted this too? It's just slight slight different spacings. Yeah, it was on uh it was on the subreddit. Uh, to, um, to Vexillology though? Oh no. Oh, I think they will love this. You should post it. I've never actually used the Vexillology subreddit. Maybe I should. I think they would love it. Make sure you oh. clarify that this is 51 stars, but like, I mean, also I think some people will be like, eh, they don't line up, but I, I think this is like the most solid choice that I've seen for a 51 star flag. Yeah, it it looks very nice at a glance, and I don't, I don't know how it would look like as an actual flag, like waving in the air. But I have a feeling you wouldn't be able to tell. Yeah, it'd look great. What are you talking about? I mean, yeah, um, if you really pay attention, there's some misalignment. What is it? So the the first, third, fifth rows are the same alignment, right? And then, yeah, so then just the second, fourth, and sixth rows are, 
are all the same alignment too, right? Uh, that sounds right, yeah. I'm trying to figure out the math here. So wait, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So nine, three rows have nine, right? And then three rows have eight. Eight. Yeah, three rows of nine and three rows of eight. Um, and then they're just, the space between them Oh yeah, and that works out. Different so that they line up on the edges rather than being staggered. Yeah, you should absolutely post that to to Vexillology. They will love it. I hope they will love it. I don't know. It seems like hit or miss with them, but I think that this will do well. Uh, let me check. I, I kind of forget how the response was. In the Hello Internet one? In the Hello Internet one where I posted. I hate the Reddit redesign. Yeah. I'd been hearing that, and I haven't really been forced to use it until recently and it's, it's just the worst mm-hmm. i mean you can um, i don't know if you know but you can disable it i heard that and i didn't pay enough attention to to commit to memory how yeah you can always just type uh, old dot reddit and whatever and that'll work but you can also go to preferences and at the bottom there's something like use the new redesign by default and if you just uncheck that then it'll be old again ah uh, top comment as a non-american i had to look up the current flag to see the difference <laughs> yeah uh second top comment no one could have predicted the flag that flag design had an uncanny valley <laughs> uh, yeah and I actually like, so in the process of making my flag, I looked at the U.S. flag a couple times. And every time I was like, surely this is, I'm looking at like the wrong flag or this is not the right Wikipedia page. Because, you know, in my mind, they are all aligned in a grid, right? But we actually currently have like, they're staggered or whatever. Yeah. And I, I don't, Yeah. I like what you got going on here a lot more than that. Yeah, I, I think of them as just all lined up because, you know, any... You, you say this would be like harder to to draw from memory mm-hmm. but like you know any child that's that's drawing a flag is just they're gonna count the 13 stripes and then they're just gonna start drawing stars yeah it's like it's i i doubt there's very many children that would get the alignment of the stars correct anyway and i didn't realize it first like that you just you just try and make sure there's 50 in there and, and call it a day. Well, I didn't realize at first that, like, actually every other row is aligned. I thought maybe, like, each row was different, and that would be kind of messy. But, like, this is essentially just two different rows. And then there's a pattern, you know, of every other row they repeat. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I 100%. 100% would vote for this as the, you know, 51 state star flag. Well, I appreciate that. Um, it is sort of boring if we're talking about like redesigns. I think yours is a more interesting redesign. Yeah. But mine, I could see them like choosing this before just redesigning it because, you know, tradition and whatnot. Yeah, I like mine. See, it, it, I pretend in my head that, oh, like maybe somehow this could eventually be a real possibility for, but no, like we are stuck with it to be very similar to the current flag so i think yours is just a perfect balance of like looking better than the current flag and incorporating a 51st star yeah i i don't know it is it is pretty boring though and if you stare at it the slight like misalignment of the two different types of row could could bug some people Mm. but yeah i don't know who knows they they probably just do the the nice thing, though... The same as, as the current one and just add a star or something. The nice thing, though, and especially with yours, is, like, 
I was thinking about just producing these and letting people buy them if they want. And the the beautiful thing, you know, I don't know if this is the case with all countries, but like people, you can't even, you could fly the crazy flag that I've designed if you wanted. Uh, you know, it's kind of a perk of, a, of the United States, but with yours, I think especially because probably no one would even notice you were flying a 51 star flag. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like no one's going to count the stars. <laughs> I mean, they, maybe you would notice that they are in a grid or they're not in a grid, but like, you know, you can see an outline of stars. I think it, if you had them side by side, you would notice, but if it was just by itself on a flagpole somewhere, I doubt very many people would would notice it. Like I, I think um, people that, that knew the flag would notice because they would be like, this looks too good. The stars shouldn't be aligned, you know, in a, in a box on the outside. So, yeah. Sometimes when things look a little too perfect, it can be like, like it, it feels fake. Yeah. So someone might pick up on that and not quite understand why. Um, yeah. But, and by the way, I'm afraid not, to not realize there's a 51 star. Oh. What were you saying? Sorry, when I Google stuff, it like really my internet connection. I don't know. I'm on just a little MacBook here, and it really kills it. But so this is a website where you can like wave that flag, or if you post it on Vexillology, someone will immediately post a link to your flag waving because that's what they do there. <laughs> but dude, yeah, I love that. You should post it over in Vexillology, and then you should actually sell it because I think people would buy it in like a supportive Puerto Rico type way. Is that a thing? Can you just sell? Yeah, you designed it, yeah. I mean, get it in, like, um, vector art, which shouldn't be too hard, and then, you know, Kickstarter. I think, or... I, I, think I already have it as a vector okay. somewhere. Then, yeah. Just, uh, Kickstarter's doing this thing right now called Quickstarter, and it's not, like, an official thing, but they just basically recommend, like, you know, just do a simple project that's not too involved. And I think this would be a really good... You know, that's kind of what I was planning to do, maybe, but I think yours would do really well as a Quickstarter or, you know, basically just, like, a a teespring but with a flag i don't know if that's a thing yeah i i I could see it uh being a teespring but not a t-shirt yeah or maybe a t-shirt probably not a t-shirt yeah (laughs) um i don't know i didn't design it with that in mind i probably will post it to the vexology definitely please subreddit like immediately because i want to i want to see people and like i'll yeah i'll send you a link when i do all right um i feel like we just started rambling about flags no that was good probably most of that will be cut that is the heart of hello internet and i think we're i mean you have the better time estimate right now but i think we're pretty good on that oh yeah we're definitely good good lengthwise i just i worry about quality but i always worry about that okay yeah well that just comes down to the editing yeah all right you want to call it uh yeah well it's good talking to you tim yeah good talking to you tim Are you still here? (laughs) Okay, I'm going to hit stop too.